3: You're listening to Tech Bites on Heritage Radio Network, live from Roberta's Pizza in Bushwick, Brooklyn. I'm your host, Jennifer Leutzi, and on Tech Bytes, we talk about the intersection of food and technology, um, how the digital world is impacting how we discover, share, and produce our food in the real world. Click on heritageradionetwork.org every Monday at 1 o'clock Eastern Standard Time to tune in live. Or download the podcast on iTunes and Stitcher Radio and listen anytime, anywhere. Before we get started today, I want to introduce everyone here in case they want to chime in on any of the topics. Everyone here eats food and has technology, so they definitely have an opinion to contribute. First up, the person most important and responsible for getting the show out onto the web and into the world is Jack Inslee, our engineer. Jack wears many Heritage Radio hats here as the network's executive producer and the host of full-service radio on Thursday nights at 7.30. Hey, Jack.
2: Hey, congratulations on the show.
3: Very excited and happy to be here. A little bit nervous, I'll admit. (laughs) Normal. Um, Joining us on the phone, direct from Forbes magazine, is Vanna Lee, who's a Forbes online business editor and has worked on the Forbes 30 under 30 list, specifically the food and drink category since its inception in 2012. She'll be joining us on the phone in a bit. Oh, I'm here. Oh, you're here. Fantastic. Miracles of Modern Technology. (laughs) (laughs) And in the studio with us, we have Leanne Brown, who is one of the 30 under 30. She created a free PDF cookbook called Good and Cheap. Leanne, so glad you could make it through the downpour in Brooklyn. Well, thank you so much for having me, and and hi, Vanna, as well. And joining us a little bit later uh, will be Jason Wang. He's also one of the 30. He is co-founder of a food delivery company called Caviar, and we'll say hello to him in a little bit. Typically in the first part of the show, I like to cover things that are trending on social media topics, subjects, events. I use Twitter and Instagram really as a personal newswire service more than I use them to broadcast my own personal status updates. When you follow actual media and news sources, that's a pretty direct news release. But I have found that you can also see news and trends developing when you follow top industry people. So in the TechBytes world, that is chefs, that's writers, that's sommeliers, and, and other kind of restaurant people. I don't... Yes, absolutely. So I've noticed over the past few weeks, my Instagram feed has had a lot of photos of Korean barbecue, meats on Korean barbecue and Korean barbecue uh, parties and and buffets and festivities. And this all centers around a new Korean barbecue restaurant called Kang Ho Dong Beijing, I think. Um, and it just opened in Koreatown in New York City. And everybody seems to be going there. I've seen Instagram photos of Dave Chang there, Rich Teresi, Tony and Otavia Bourdain have been there. A, a myriad of food writers and editors and celebrities were there over the weekend. So that is something that I think that's really trending now. And one of the interesting things is I believe that a trend on social media is actually a precursor to actual media. So I think I, I wouldn't be surprised if in a week or two we started seeing this Korean restaurant on, oh, hot new restaurant list. Maybe it'll start getting reviewed and then actually appear in media. Definitely. I think uh,
1: it's fairly clear that that's how it works most of the time. You sort of see your early adopter types showing their stuff on uh on social media, I've, I've been a little bit out of it, so I've missed this, but maybe it's something about the cold January weather, getting to have barbecue at this time of year is kind of a treat.
3: And I think that meat and vegetables is pretty healthy and on everybody's allowed new year resolution Definitely. diets.
1: Good for the gluten-free
3: folks. <laughs> exactly. A little paleo perhaps mm-hmm. also. Uh, So that's definitely a trend this week. And if you see some trends out there that you think are worth noting, give us a shout on Instagram or Twitter at TechBytesHRN is the handle. So the focus of this first show is the Forbes annual 30 under 30 list. And this list identifies and applauds young innovators and entrepreneurs who are really impacting the world and changing their industries. The 2015 list was released on January 5th, and it represents 600 people across 20 industries. The first Forbes 30 Under 30 list came out in 2012, and Vanna has been one of the list editors from the beginning, specifically on the food and drink category. So, Vanna, can you tell us um, what that first list was like and how it's evolved from year to year?
4: Um, It was, I mean, I have a passion for food, but I had never, you know, I thought this was such a daunting task, and it was really hard to go out there and just try to find these people and try not to, you know, we had to stay away from people who were already on other lists because there are so many magazine publications and online outlets that highlight these stars already and so we're trying to find people who haven't been highlighted and it was just really difficult at first um and it's also really hard to find people who are under the age of 30 who are very accomplished um well the first time we did the list was and then now it's just there's so many like everybody most of the people on the list this year like in their mid-20s, so it's gotten a lot easier because I think a lot of people have been more motivated, but it's just much harder to narrow the list down. Um, But, you know, we saw a trend this year, and that was in um, food delivery, so that made it easier to kind of see the trend between the people who are, you know, doing different things in food and tech and, you know, choosing the right people to be on the list.
3: So when, how do you actually go out and find the people? Do you use word of mouth? I know you have other people who judge the list as well with you, one of them being Randall Lane, the editor-in-chief of Forbes, Danny Meyer, the CEO of Union Square Hospitality Group, is one of the judges. And I um, think also Lee Schrager, the founder of the South Beach in New York City Wine and Food Festivals, are, are helping you. Are they helping yeah. to uh, identify potential candidates Do you get phone calls from people's moms? Do they send in emails?
4: (laughs) (laughs) Well, we have a a page on our website that we promote, you know, every day, um, getting the word out there. We put it on Facebook and Twitter. We know, when we start the campaign, we say, hey, we're doing this. And there there are 20 categories this year, you know, from food and drink to Wall Street to, you know, tech, mobile, social entrepreneurs. So we're just like... If you know of anyone, just submit it in. So we have someone who goes through all of the submissions and, you know, kind of weeds out the people who should be on there, the people who are, you know, keep, who should be on the semifinalist list. And we also, you know, Lee and Danny and Randall are very helpful in, like, sending out emails to everyone they know, you know, explaining the list and what we're looking for. So we get a lot back from industry insiders who are within um, Danny Randall and Lee's social network and it's just it goes very far and we get like hundreds of nominations back and they're all amazing um, so yeah a lot of it is by word of mouth a lot of it is just sending emails out to you know CCAP and like different culinary schools and, and we try to focus on, on the US so it's it's it was hard to get a lot of names in the first year, but now we just have so many because the list is so well known that, you know, people know that when we're starting to, you know, we start the search, they're, they're on it and they're submitting names and people are submitting themselves and, um, and there's an application process as well. So we kind of look through everything and it's a very thorough process.
3: Well, it sounds like you would need to start for next year right now.
4: Yeah, I I usually do that. And I've learned that from the first couple of years. We kind of started maybe a month or two in advance, and that just was not enough time to go through all of the applications. So, um, yeah, I'm I'm probably going to start, like, tomorrow. (laughs) Wow.
1: So, Vanna, uh, can I ask how you said that this year was a lot of food delivery. It was something you've been seeing a lot. What about in past years or five years ago? How has the list changed? Have you noticed sort of trends in the industry in general
3: yeah i would be curious to know also if demographically in the winners if you had as many tech based companies at the beginning Um, as you do now because this year it's it's quite a few
4: yeah you know when we first did the when we did the list the first year our main focus was on chefs and restaurants um you know which restaurants were really good and who who was responsible for this you know amazing food, whether it was the general manager or the executive chef or the chef de cuisine. It was mostly – it was a big focus on food, and um, we didn't focus so much on technology because we have another category for technology. But, you know, as we kept on doing it the second year, the third year, there was definitely this trend of um, food and delivery and people not wanting to um, go out to restaurants and eat um like you know every every year we have a list of 30 and there's one call out person who is the most stand out and the first uh year we had Jill Donenfeld who started the colonistas and it was like one of the first times that um, one of the first companies that you know had that sort of like home catering thing she would she has uh, a group of chefs that will come to your home and cook for you And there were a lot of those people. Like there's Kitchit, there's Plated, which will send you food. And those were the trends in the past couple of years. And now we see that a lot of it is um, actual food delivery. Like Instacart is just a huge one. I, I don't know if people are very familiar with them, but they've just done amazing in all the cities that they've opened up in. And there's also Drizzly. They do alcohol, you know, booze delivery, and they're getting very big as well. It's just, so there's definitely that trend that's getting stronger.
3: What do you think the delivery trend is based on? Is it people are increasingly used to having what they want when they want it because of social media and technology, we can consume our media and entertainment and life at any moment in exactly the way we want to? Is that carrying over into food? Is it we're just lazy and don't want to leave? Or are we trapped at home watching all the media and don't want to go out? I think it's just definitely gotten a lot easier. I mean, if you look
4: back to 2000, um, food delivery was huge. You would just call a restaurant and say, "Um, I want you know this and that, and then have it delivered, but that kind of died out and i you know there are several reasons for that as well. You know it was very expensive to for food delivery companies to be profitable because you had to pay for warehouses, you had to pay for you know food trucks, you had to pay for your delivery men, and so I think that we are learning from those from all of those mistakes, and now it's so much easier because people can they're becoming more accustomed to getting things on demand. You can just get it on your phone. You can select, you know, with Instacart, you can just select whatever groceries you want. And it's a lot more intimate because there's an actual person going to the grocery store and like grabbing these things for you. And I think once people get a taste of that, they, it's, it's just, you know, it's like once you have a, someone coming to clean your apartment, you just can't ever clean your apartment again. get addicted <laughs> to it. And, um, and, and it's it's affecting the economy a lot, I think, uh, in, in a good way. Um, People are you know, consuming like in,
3: more, creates more jobs, more delivery jobs or yeah. inventory jobs or oh. customer service jobs. In addition see, yeah. to those jobs already inside the restaurant, now it's a secondary ring of those jobs outside the restaurant.
4: Right, right. And, um, you know, to give an example, like Instacart and Drizzly, they're helping to support their local retailers and they're helping those retailers to grow their businesses and the delivery helps the retailers expand their geographical reach and um and and then also, you know, people are more tempted to order more if they're not carrying the stuff back home, if it's being delivered. They're just going to, you know, order more. So it's it's kind of helping everybody in return in the end. That's what I see. There's a
1: wider trend also of, you know, there are so many people who have very specific diets, uh, people who have concerns about what they're eating, uh, people who live far away maybe from the types of foods they'd really like to eat, and I think that uh, as as you've already covered, uh, that distribution has become easier and cheaper. I think that there's just a a market for people who are saying, you know, I can't necessarily get the foods that I want right by where I am. And so they're willing to pay for a delivery service and, uh, And that's really exciting for people. I I feel like there's this wider sort of interest in accessing different types of food rather than just what's in the grocery store around the corner from you.
3: And technology makes that all possible. Yeah. Um, We have to (laughs) jump to a commercial break, and then we'll actually get on the phone with Jason Wang and his caviar delivery food company, which is exactly what Vanna's been talking about. But before you go, Vanna, can you tell us what you think the – upcoming trends are for this year and into next year? What do you see building on the horizon?
4: Um, I see a lot more innovation in the kitchen. Um, Namiko is, uh, you know, that was founded by Lisa Fetterman. She is also one of the folks who made our list. And um, I think there's going to be a lot more gadgets in the kitchen that people can use that's not just exclusive to chefs. I think we can use a lot of improvements there. I mean if you look at all of the appliances that people use in everyday home kitchens, it's not as advanced as like a restaurant kitchen, but I think because that would be so expensive to have all the all that equipment in your home. But I think um, there are gonna be new gadgets that are going to be cheaper and easier to use and you know you can still make five star quality food at home And I think caviar is definitely going to be a game changer and pave the way. Um, It's they don't maintain their own delivery staff, um, and you know it's, it's ordering food that you can't actually order on Seamless or anything else. It's it's kind of crazy. I mean, I already feel like it's in the future. Like you can order from a really nice restaurant and get it to your home, and it's it's. I never thought that that would happen in, you know, a million years because I used to live in San Francisco and, you know, there were all these places where you would have to go outside and get in line. And, um, you know, it's, it's just crazy that now you don't have to get in line or even with Instacart, you don't have to get a Costco membership to get food from there. You can just tell someone to get it. And so, um, I, I, I think this is, I, there's a lot of room for improvement, so um, I think these will just evolve a lot more, and I think the kitchen will see some advancements for sure.
3: Well, we will put all of this into the archive on demand at heritageradionetwork.org, and then we'll have to have you back next year when you have the 2016 list and, and see if the predictions were right on. Thank you very much, Vanna, for joining us today. And um, we're going to take a quick break, and then we're going to come back and talk with some of the actual 30 Under 30 winners and talk about their technology and how they're changing our world. Great. Thanks so much for having me. Thanks.
1: Today's
2: break song is called Kami Mami by Nair. This is Tech Bytes on Heritage Radio Network.
3: One, heritage foods usa has sold pasture raised antibiotic free heritage meats to restaurants and homes around the country our farmers raise their animals with care using traditional methods guaranteed to produce the very best tasting meat our pork breeds include berkshire red wattle duroc gloucester old spot large black and tamworth and our beef comes from piedmontese angus akiyushi
1: Belgian Blue, Highland, Simmental, and Belted Galloway cattle. We also carry a rotation of 24 rare breeds of heritage chicken, seasonal specialties
3: like lamb, goat, geese, and of course, heritage turkeys. Visit us online at www.heritagefoodsusa.com or give us a call at 718-389-0985 to place your order today. You're listening to Tech Bites on the Heritage Radio Network, coming to you live from Roberta's Pizza in Bushwick, Brooklyn. I'm your host, Jennifer Leizzi, and today we are talking about the Forbes 30 Under 30 list for 2015, specifically the food and drink list, and there are quite a number of young innovators and entrepreneurs on the list who are really using technology to transform the way we eat and drink. And one of those... Uh, smart young people is Jason of Caviar. Jason should be on the phone with us from San Francisco.
2: Yep, I'm on the line. Thanks for having me.
3: Oh, thank you for joining us. Uh, And I think you're winning on the weather because it's really cold and rainy in New York City
2: today. (laughs) We're in a winter.
3: So Jason, you are the co-founder of a company called Caviar, which is build as a premium food delivery system. And it's relatively new. It was founded in 2012. Um, it says on your website, by five individuals who appreciate a good meal. So tell us how, how it started.
2: Yeah, so there were five of us in the beginning. We were working out of the financial district here in San Francisco. And every day we walked around trying to find places to eat for lunch and all of us really love food and enjoy eating out and we want to eat well. But then we realized after a couple years in, we got really tired of all the choices around us and that some of the places we wanted to visit for lunch uh, was on the other side of town and there was no easy way to get there. So we called a few shops and asked, hey, can you guys deliver to us? We're just in the financial district, but every single restaurant said, no, we do not deliver. Mm-hmm. So it kind of puzzled me why a single what we classify as a great restaurant, they do, they do not deliver. So the idea was born um, from that, that we wanted our favorite sandwich, um, which was in the mission district over to the financial district. So we decided to build the product, start off with just one restaurant partner and we started taking orders and doing deliveries for them.
3: So what exactly is the piece of the transaction that you've created and managed?
2: We manage the entire payment processing. So if the, the user would actually buy directly from us through our website or through our app And then the order gets remitted over to the restaurant. And when that happens, we also dispatch a delivery driver who will go to the restaurant and pick up the food and then drop it off at any home or office in the city.
3: Okay. So the restaurant then is simply responsible for fulfilling the order and then having whatever to-go container or condiment or something like that that would go along with the meal, giving it to your delivery person, and then they're done, you then, I would assume, send them it's on some regular cycle the funds or the payment for that meal, or does it happen in real time?
2: Uh, you're absolutely correct. It, it's, we take the payment first, and then we remit it over to the restaurant at a later period in time. Mm-hmm. And everything happens on demand. So if you want to place an order and you, you expect your meal within an hour, that's exactly what we do.
3: So that's pretty amazing. As an idea, it's sort of being a personal concierge to someone in many ways where I can sort of sit back and say, yes, I'd like a Roberta's pizza. And I'm in the financial district in New York, which is downtown Manhattan. And you can probably make that happen for me, which is wonderful. Is it really something that's scalable, though, because it's so personal in the sense that it's one driver to one meal to one customer?
4: Well,
2: actually, our drivers are oftentimes picking up multiple meals to multiple customers. Um, if the drop-off is in, within a few blocks of one another, it just makes sense that way, if the, if it's coming from uh, the same restaurant. And that was the exact question we wanted to answer. Can does business scale when we first started? And in the first year, it was all about growing the business, getting the pieces together. In year two, we started figuring out how can we scale this business? Can we get into other markets, duplicate what we've done in San Francisco? And New York was actually our third market. Mm-hmm. And today we're in 16 markets and, and growing. And we think we've got the formula figured out.
3: So what was the greatest hurdle then between, was it convincing restaurants? Was it convincing the consumer? Which, which piece was more difficult in terms of the sell?
2: So in our business, we actually have three pieces, right? The restaurant, the consumer, and also the delivery driver. You have to convince all three to kind of use your platform. And in the beginning, the first thing we did was get restaurants because without restaurants, this business can't exist. So that was probably the hardest piece when we first started off because at the time, we didn't have a customer base. Um, We barely had any delivery drivers. We weren't proven yet. So that was hard to convince a restaurant to work with you. It's always the supply going can be a little bit more difficult in the beginning. Once we had the restaurants, the consumers came more or less uh, naturally because once they hear that their favorite restaurant in town now can deliver to them in less than one hour, they are going to check out the service. Right, and, of course.
1: I'm sure there yep. was many people like you and your friends saying... This is amazing. Of Where has this been being all my at the life? Same places.
3: Yeah. <laughs> so that, yeah. you know, it's one of those. Um, it sounds like one of those very practical stories of why can't we do that? I can't believe someone hasn't done it before, and you did it, and now it's perhaps really going to be a, a, a game changer in terms of restaurant availability. But for you. What's your, next, what's your next step that you're working on? Is it more? Do you have some new features happening on mobile or web?
2: So a few things we're constantly working on is uh, adding more restaurants in the cities that we're already in. So currently we are closing in about 700 restaurants uh, nationwide. And also we want to get into more areas, uh, we want to be in every major metropolitan city in the United States so we can broadly serve all the consumers that are out there. And, we, of course, we want to be on all the platforms say We are on web, mobile web, and iPhone. So, naturally, we want to be on all the platforms. Well, we also want to build tools so that delivery happens really quickly. If we can provide you the most extensive number of quality restaurants along with speed and at a low price, we think that will be the most compelling service out there for food delivery.
3: Well, maybe we can set up a deal where Tri-Caviar can merge with a division of Uber, and then you can have this really insane on-demand delivery driver food Mash up. You can have your food in the car on the way to the next place. <laughs> or have Uber be drivers, yeah. delivery drivers. Um, Jason, thank you so much for your time. I want to make sure we get to talk with Leanne about her amazing PDF cookbook. For those of you who are interested in having amazing food delivered to their home, trycaviar.com is the website and the service that we're talking about. And congratulations, Jason, on your Forbes 30 Under 30 and you know creating a, a whole new category of food delivery.
2: Thank you so much.
3: Thanks. So our next 30 Under 30 winner is Leanne Brown, and she has an amazing uh, free cookbook that's a downloadable PDF. It is called Cheap, Good and Cheap, <laughs> and it is to basically eat on $4 a day, made for people who are on extremely tight food budgets, particularly those Um, on food stamp benefits or other type of aid programs. So this is an extremely specific specific audience and a very specific topic. So I, I think we'd love to hear what the inspiration was To put
1: it together. Sure, you bet. Well, so you say it is a specific audience uh, that I had imagined anyhow. um, At the same time, it's a really huge audience. There's 46 million people who are on SNAP in the United States. And there's a vast number more people who are really interested in And SNAP stands for? Sorry, that is uh, the Supplemental Nutritional Assistance Program, which is uh, the new... Uh, the new branding for food stamps. Okay. Um, sort of trying to bring in a little bit more uh, discussion of nutrition rather than just pure sort of food. Um, and uh, what's been really interesting is that I, I had imagined an audience that was really uh, purely uh, people who are really, really had, had very little to work with, but it, the interest has been much wider than that. Um, and part of that, so it was actually my thesis project for my... Master's in Food Studies, which I, I graduated from NYU in uh, 2013, the very end of 2013, and I changed the, the cookbook a little bit and made it available online. And it very quickly went viral on Reddit and a few other sites. And at that point, I realized that I needed to just get it out there. Um, it was something that uh, I uh, had a huge passion for, I love, I adore cooking. It's what I would spend all my time doing if I possibly could. Um, But I I also recognize how powerful it is um, in terms of being able to uh, help people save money help people enjoy food more and help people tailor food to really be exactly what they want it to be for their health needs, for their just taste. Um, And what I found really surprising while I was doing my studies was realizing how even many of my colleagues, people who I think of as sort of the elite in the food world, people who are looking at things in the same way that I am, uh, didn't know as much about cooking as I had expected. And so I think there's something about my generation and um, and younger people and older people even than I, uh, we've sort of... Of lost the ability to cook, and with that, um, a lot of the brilliant, clever little hacks that um, can allow us to save huge amounts of money over time. And so I wanted to, this was just a skill I happened to have, and so I thought I would like to share it, and the internet really made that possible and allowed me to identify um, an audience of like, tremendous supporters. And uh, after the PDF went viral, I ran a very successful Kickstarter campaign, tremendously more successful than I ever would have expected. Um, to do print copies of the book. And uh, we did that with a buy one, give one uh, kind of thing like Tom's Shoes and uh, have been able to, we're now sold out. I got 40,000 copies of the book printed and we're now sold out. And we've given away thousands and thousands of them to people in need, which has been really tremendously exciting and just an honor to be able to do.
3: One of the things that I love about this story is that it is so spontaneous in how it developed and evolved and going. how people yeah. discovered it and <laughs> latched on it. You were studying and writing a paper and you loved to do these things and you made it and you put it out there and people loved it and, you know, more people got it and more people got it. In an interesting way, this is also about distribution and accessibility, but yes. this is about the distribution <laughs> and accessibility of information yeah. and how, how that can help what we do yes. with food and, and how we eat.
1: Exactly. It was so fascinating to see
3: um, how
1: people identified themselves to me. Essentially, I all I had to do really was put it out there. And then a few people found it and told their friends and uh, they identified themselves saying, you know, this really uh, means something to me and I get you know, emails and notes from people every day saying how much it means to them. And and I I really, there's no way I could have done this in a time before uh, these sorts of giant platforms to share were available.
3: So, and I think... even as you very casually say yes, and I just had to put it out there, there are hundreds and hundreds of people who have put something out there who did not have. Clearly, it's half a thing a million, that has had its half time down yes. <laughs> Which you, you had. So, if people are interested in getting their own copy of Good and Cheap, you can download that from Leanne's website, which is
1: Leanne Brown, L E A N N E Brown.com.
3: And you can also find her on Facebook and Twitter. Absolutely. And
1: Well, and so you can get the PDF uh, easily, and please share it with as many people as possible. It'll be free forever. Um, but later this year, uh, the second edition will come out of the print copy. I'm working with a publisher, um, and it will be available in stores everywhere later this year.
3: Well, call us when that happens. Oh, and of course. And thank you again for being <laughs> here, and thanks to Jason and Vanna for calling in, and everyone who listened To this episode of Tech Bytes on Heritage Radio Network.
0: Thanks for listening to this program
4: on heritageradionetwork.org. You can find all of our archived programs on our website or as podcasts in the iTunes Store by searching Heritage Radio Network. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at heritage underscore radio. You can email us questions anytime at infoheritageradionetwork.org. At Heritage Radio Network is a 501c3 nonprofit. To donate and become a member, visit our website today. Thanks for listening.